depends on your situation. So they're looking out for the best interest of the consumer, you know, of Americans to make sure that they're being protected. But again, it does not resolve the issue of, of risk because if we go all the way back to 2008, in 2008, and this is what is most astounding, is that the average loss of all target date funds from all families during that time period was 24%. regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on the retirement fitness plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sedell, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. What are target date funds? What is the concept of age-based investing? And why is it important to understand? And lastly, does it make sense? (laughs) This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all of our questions and to give us some guidance to help us stay in the best financial shape possible, the retirement trainer, Ed Sedell. Hola. Hey. <laughs> okay. So right now, this is crazy bottle market that we're dealing with. Age-based investing, what's the purpose? Well, to summarize it, you know, conservation, cash flow, and, and confidence as you transition, you know, enter that whole new phase in your life. Well, all right. For everyday person out there, <laughs> let's back that up. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So age-based investing, the younger you are, the more aggressive you are, and the older you become as you enter that new phase and transition into retirement, it's designed conceptually to um, make it more conservative for you, right? And I mean, we use the concept here at, at EGSI. I mean, we use the concept as part of our retirement fitness plan. And that concept of, of the age-based investing as part of looking at the risk and as part of the overall plan, we call it safety, income, and growth, right? And so when we talk about it, there's three places to, to put your money. And it's really simplified. You have the money that you need for safety, okay? You, you need the money that's for income uh, that's also conservative. And then you also have the, the money that you're going to need for growth. So when we talk about growth, you know, that's going to be everything that's in the stock market, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, exchange traded funds, everything that's adjusted to the market. And then we talk about the income bucket that's also conservative, you know, that's going to be where you're going to be drawing income from when you're retired, which is social security, your pensions, annuities, because a pension is really just an annuity, dividend income, interest income, and also bonds. You know, I had bonds on both sides because you have conservative bonds like AAA rated, 
you know, U.S. Treasuries short term. And then you have the uh, high risk debentures, which is really, you know, a bond is a debt instrument. And some are not investment grade. They're actually called junk bonds. All right. But people invest in those right now to get a higher yield. So that's why, you know, we have them in both places. And then you have the money that you need that's for safety. So for safety, it has to meet two requirements. It has to be liquid and accessible. So it has nothing to do with return. And it's really about your emergency funds, whether it's us or Susie Orman, Dave Rams, whoever it is, the industry agrees that you should have between six to 12 months cash reserve set aside, especially when we're going through times like we're going through today, right? Yeah. And when we talk about growth, you know, so you know, you've got to have six to 12 months cash set aside for, for safety, for emergency funds. So how much do you stick in growth? And it is the concept of age-based investing. We use the prudent investor rule where you take your age, you subtract it from 100, and that's that percentage. So let's just say that you're 65. So, and you subtract that from 100. Based on this concept, that means you should never have more than 35%, you know, as you transition into retirement at risk in the market, okay? And in the example, you know, we use our kids all the time, right? So when our kids were born, we were very aggressive investing in, in high-risk stocks because we were wanting that growth and we could deal with the risk because we didn't need the money for a long period. But, you know, that summer before high school, we started pulling chips off the table and started getting more conservative and even moving some into cash. And each year as they got closer and closer to that first year of college, we had a very conservative high cash position. And the reason is if the market tanks, we hit a recession, you know, whatever it is, we wanted to make sure that we had enough money to fund college. And we didn't want to be in a situation where we had to sell things at a loss, just to be able to, to cover those college costs. And we'd be able to cover maybe the first two or three years, but eventually we'd run out of money. Run out of money. Yep. And it's the same concept when it comes to retirement. So, you know, when we're talking about target date funds, it's that same kind of concept, but it's completely different. And this can lower your risk. You know, it can, right? If, if it's done the right way, it can lower the risk because it's designed, you know, the older you are, the more conservative, you know, we're, we're supposed to be. And so let's kind of move into the target date funds and explain the target date funds and how they work. And I think it'll make a little bit more sense. All right. So, you know, when we talk about a target date fund, it's a tool. All right. It, it's really no different than a stock, a bond, a mutual fund. I mean, and that's really what it is. It is a mutual fund. All right. So it's a fund of funds and they're really all different. And the concept is, is that they call it a glide path. All right. That's the industry term. And it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But if you think of it, you know, based on your age, you know, it hits different parameters. So, you know, if you're in your, your 20s to early to mid 50s, it's about the accumulation phase of your life. You know, you're really looking for long term growth. You know, you're not as concerned about the ups and downs and the volatility in the market. And that's what volatility is, the ups and downs. And so you can afford to be a little bit more aggressive because you don't need the money. And that's where that whole interest, I hear you say it all the time when you talk to people, you talk about what you need most in the market, you need time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. So that's that one, you know, so the growth, right? When we were doing safety income and growth, you have to have money in growth. You, you just have to, to hedge against inflation and healthcare, legacy planning, um, and you need growth, but you do. You, and time, right? Which is that depleting asset. And so you need enough time for it to recover that you're not going to have to touch the money. And so that is that, think of that, that's right, that's that accumulation phase. 
And then you have that that preservation phase. When target dates look at this, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, early to mid 50s as you're getting ready to enter that last phase of your life, which is distribution from a retirement perspective. And so it's more conservative. It's about more consistent growth and, and it's much lower risk. All right. And then the last phase. So this is the glide path, right? The last phase is the distribution phase. And it, it's about protecting the principal because it's all about cash flow. You want to make sure that you reduce the risk even more and you want steady growth. And that's really how they're looking at it because when you retire, it's all based on cash flow and it's the amount of money that you need to live on and how much you have to withdraw. And so the more you withdraw, whatever that percentage is, it used to be before the tech bubble hit in the early 2000s, 2000, 2001, the rule was as long as you pulled out 6% or less of your money on those earnings, you would never run out of your principal. Well, once the tech bubble hit, then they said, oh, no, 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 that doesn't work because everyone ran out of money. So now it's 4%. And once the housing bubble, right, that institutional failure kicked in with the banks, it dropped from 4% to less than 3 And depending on what you read, it's anywhere from 1.88 to 2.8% is the maximum. So we'll just say less than 3%. Okay. But that's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to say, okay, well, I can only pull out 3% and never run out of money, but can you cover what you need to be able to live and enjoy retirement. Okay. Okay. And that's the whole concept with this. So target date funds, their whole job is to grow the assets over a very specific period of time. All right. And that's why they call them target date funds because it's a targeted goal. So it's really based on your age. So you could see target date funds 2015. That means you retired in 2015 or 2020 or 2025 or 2030 or, you know, all the way up to, I think I just saw they're now coming out with 2070. So that's projected as to when you're going to retire. So it's all based on your age and your working life. I'm going to throw the amateur question out to you because I do see a lot of the 401ks come in. And when I'm looking at them, I can see where somebody who has yet to retire is in a 2015 target fund. Is that because they're attempting to be ultra conservative? More conservative, yeah. And so there's misconceptions when it comes to the target date funds. So the target date fund, it refers to when you're supposed to be withdrawing money from it for retirement. Mm -hmm. All right. The target date funds, they're not, it's, they're not guaranteed. It does not provide a guaranteed stream of income either. Mm -hmm. So that's important to understand. You know, one of the other things that we hear all the time is that, okay, well, it's in a target date fund, so I can't lose money. Well, no, there's risk in it because it's, it's a portfolio. It's a mutual fund. It's in the market. And anything that's in the market has risk. Exactly. All right. And here's the other thing is that, you know, not all target dates are the same. It's it's just like a mutual fund. So from one family, whoever it is, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, whether it's Vanguard, T. Rowe Price, I mean, they're all different. And that's important to understand. You know, again, that glide path is designed to help reduce the risk because early on, you know, if you're... 40, 30 years out, you know, you're going to have a lot of growth funds inside there because remember, it's a fund of funds. It's like a portfolio. Mm -hmm. So you have growth stocks, value stocks. There's a lot more risk, a lot of international. But the closer you get to retirement, the more fixed income and bonds that you're going to have. And so the theory is it's going to protect your investments more and more. Now, this was part of 
I'm going to kind of go down a rabbit hole here. This was introduced in the law as part of the PPA 2006. So it's the Pension Provision Act of 2006. And it was introduced in the 401k plans to give participants a way to protect themselves, right? You know, against market volatility and risk. But it's just like anything else. It's a tool. That's all it is. It needs to be part of a bigger picture. And a lot of participants, they will sign up for a 401k plan and then never pick an investment. So as part of the Pension Provision Act, instead of it just sitting there in cash, they have what's called a QDIA, a Qualified Deferred Investment Alternative. And so what that allows the plan to do basically or I'm sorry, default investment alternative. What it allows the the plan to do is take the funds that you're putting in and invest it for you based on your date of birth. So they automatically are plugging them into a target date fund. Yep. And that's the QDIA. Okay. So that default investment is the target date fund in, in most plans, not at all, but in most plans. So that's where that little, if you didn't mark the box, then you're automatically going to be placed in this portfolio, according to your age. That's right. And so, you know, is it better than cash? It depends on your situation. You know, is it better than having it go into an index like the S&P automatically? Well, it depends on your situation. So they're looking out for the best interest of the consumer, you know, of Americans to make sure that they're being protected. But again, it does not resolve the issue of, of risk, because if we go all the way back to 2008, In 2008, and this is what is most astounding, is that the average loss of all target date funds from all families during that time period was 24%. Yeah, yeah. That's a chunk of change. And and that's important because, you know, when we're meeting with families, you know, the families that we're trying to help, one of the first questions that I ask, right, is we're trying to determine risk in that risk budget. I always say, okay, how much money are you willing to lose how much can you lose and still sleep at night? Well, what's the first answer that everyone says? Zero. Yeah, absolutely. They don't want to lose anything. But once we develop that risk budget, okay, and we know how much they're willing to lose, and then we you know, evaluate their current mutual funds, then we can determine using safety, income, and growth, part of the overall plan, how much risk they are taking, how much risk they're willing to take, and how much risk they actually can take. All right. That's that whole breakdown that you basically are able to show them exactly where their speed sign is on their 401k. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And we do. We use speed limit signs, you know, so, you know, you think of uh, the speed limit sign of one, you're in your driveway with the car on and it's in park. All right. That's like cash. There's not a whole lot of risk. It's there and it works, but, you know, it's not going anywhere. And then, you know, the top end is 100 so, I mean, that's, that's a lot of risk. You're going down the interstate 100 miles an hour, top down, your hair on fire. Yeah, there's some risk. And just to put it in perspective, the S&P, the stock market, the average is about a 75. So, you know, most of the families that we help, you know, they want to be somewhere between a speed limit sign of, you know, 20 to, to 35. But, you know, we do have some that, that want a whole lot of risk and some are okay taking that 60, 70% and others say, you know what, it's even at a 20 speed limit sign, 
you know, I don't even want to risk 10%. I don't even want to risk 5%. I think what's cool about looking at those speed limit signs, it also, it gives you, based off your overall portfolio, it tells you this is your potential gain and this is your potential loss. And that potential gain might look great, awesome, <laughs> until you look at the potential loss. <laughs> yeah, how much you can actually lose. Yeah. And so when we're talking about loss, and see, that's what it is. When you're looking at target date funds, it is just a tool, all right? It's not part of the overall plan, and that's really how you have to look at it. You don't want to use a hammer to cut a piece of wood, and you don't want to use a saw to hammer a nail. You've got to use the appropriate tool for the right reasons, and it really has to fit as part of your overall tool. And that risk is so important because people don't even understand. In 2008, the largest loss of a target date fund was over 41%. Yeah, I, th I do think when people see that in their 401k, they have these visions when they are picking where they're going to be. I'm safe. Yeah, they, they do. They, they, they say, oh, this is perfect. It's a target date fund. This is the date I want to retire. And they're going to make sure that this pot of money is here when I want to retire. Right. And that's why I, I wanted to go through and, and make sure that everyone understood the misconceptions. You know, it's not that they're good and it's not that they're bad. You know, they serve a purpose and you just need to make sure that you're using the right tool for the right purpose. And understanding what goes into that target date fund. Yeah, because it is a portfolio. You know, right now there's a lot of risk around the world. And so, you know, a lot of the target date funds, they're heavy in bonds. So what kind of bonds are they? You know, are they all AAA rated? Are they short term? Are they long term? I mean, interest rates are really low, you know, zero in a lot of places. I mean, the Fed's just announced this week, and this is effective as of this date, which is, you know, September 18th of 2020, that rates are going to be staying where they're at, which is almost zero, you know, for the next couple of years. But who knows? You know, so do you want to get stuck in a long term bond? And are they all investment grade? Right. Which means it's either junk bond or investment grade junk bond. Like we were talking about as far as growth, the risk, there's a lot of risk in there because now all of a sudden you're not first in line. You're no longer the bank. You're you're at the back of the line as far as getting paid if that company goes under. And then you have international. Where internationally are they investing? It's just like any other mutual fund, any other investment, exchange traded funds, even stock. That's why it has to be part of the overall plan. Again, it's not saying one is good or bad. You just need to make sure that it fits with your overall plan. Well, this is the call to action for you now, all those listening. The call to action is look into what you're invested in. Go see your financial advisor. Give us a call here if you have questions. You can get a hold of Ed by emailing us at info at egsifinancial.com. It's all great information, but if you'd like a copy, we have a copy of what's called 10 Steps Layoff Survival Guide. And Yeah, we just put that together. It's, it's pretty good. So again, email us at info at egsifinancial.com, or you can go to our website at www.egsifinancial.com. Or you can give us a call here at the office. We are always so excited to help those that give us a call here at 614-526-4118. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Leanne. Hey, what was the last time you tested
of your fitness level, not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the Retirement Trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for, a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio License, number 102 Two zero six one nine. 